The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FX. As a film and television composer, I always say you have to love film and television more than you do music. My greatest thrill is watching a scene become something even more than it already was with the right music. And welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 4 of The Americans, where today we'll be discussing Episode 10, Munchkins. I'm June Thomas, a writer and editor at Slate, and I am the host of this podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of the show. Today, I'm in Slate's New York studio with Joe Weisberg, the creator of the show. Hello, Joe. Hi, June. And his co-showrunner and co-executive producer, Joel Fields. Hi, Joel. Hey, June. And today, we're going to be talking with Nate Barr, the wonderful composer who is responsible for the show's score. Hi, Nate. Thanks for joining us from Los Angeles. Hi, June. Thanks for having me. Oh, not at all. We are very... Excited. It's a huge pleasure to talk to you today because I know you do a lot of music, uh, but I must begin by talking about the opening theme because it's one of my absolute favorites. And every time I think of the show, even if it's not, you know, if I'm just looking at a script or something, I, I find myself like whistling or singing the tune. Oh. And I'm just sort of wondering how you came up with it. Absolutely. Um, when I first came on board, uh, I wrote a demo for the guys and... I sort of had an idea of an approach I wanted to take that was sort of along the lines of David Shire, who did some of those great 70s scores like The Conversation, Taking of Pelham 123. And so when I wrote this demo, it actually had Elizabeth's theme in it. And that really became the main theme of the show. And so um, the guys really loved that, responded to that, and and hired me. And then uh, we sort of took a look at things and realized that there was a a beauty to that theme that lent itself really well to Elizabeth's character and her journey. And so um, that that felt felt very natural for that to become the the main theme. So are you telling me that each character has a theme because I've been watching really closely and I've never picked up on that and I feel slightly ashamed of it. Um, yeah, I mean, not every character has a theme. Sometimes when two characters come together, that has a theme. For example, with Stan and Nina, Stan has sort of a more um, an FBI theme that's sort of all-encompassing to the FBI part of the story. But yeah, Nina has a theme. Elizabeth has a theme. Philip has a theme. And obviously when you're dealing with uh, television and, and multiple um, episodes, and the Jays are very aware of this too, and we've sort of worked hard at not making it too repetitive. So uh, could you play some of those theme scores, Nate? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, so I'm going to do this on a on a, my Steinway piano, which is in my studio. Wow. And I'm just using a little, um, it's sort of a, a toy mallet with a rubber tip. Uh, and uh, I just use it in the body of the piano. So it's a, it's a hammered, it's sort of like a hammered dulcimer, which has some, something of sort of a Russian feel to it. So this is Elizabeth's theme. Mm -hmm. 
some extra notes in there, but you get the idea. <laughs> that's that's so that's her theme. Obviously, I heard a lot of notes that I'm familiar with from the theme. Yes. So the other notes in the theme, the sort of da 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 da, is that someone else's yes. theme? No, uh, no, that is not. That's just sort of that's so yeah. That's just sort of become about that in that moment. It was just sort of getting the intensity going for the main title because it's ah. a really wonderful series of images, and we wanted the energy to be right. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also. I'm very aware that it's funny that you mentioned kind of the hammered dulcimer sort of sound because one of the things that's very clear about the Americans is that they like to avoid the sort of the obvious things. And so like there's no balalaika that I've heard. No, exactly. That's one of the things I just so love about the approach that Jay's have taken to the show and all the writers is, yeah, is, is avoiding the obvious. And so... Very early on, we talked about not having that sort of Red Army Choir sound, which would have been really on the nose. And but I what's think that was the, such a great what's funny that we, instrument we, you do have, Nate, though? Starting season one, you got some instrument that none of us had ever heard of that you use instead of a balalaika. What is that? So I used, um, I, I have a Portuguese guitar that I've used, um, which is, it's, it might be sounding like a balalaika, but it's not a balalaika. And then again, the, the sort of do- playing the hammer inside the strings of the piano, that sort of has that sound, but without being that sound. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think made it really interesting and, and unique. I could play you Nina's theme too, please, if please, you want. Please, 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 please. Yeah, yeah, so this is Nina's theme. Um, that was twice, so it's just... just a simple simple theme and and i think it plays well to her to sort of the inner inner stuff going on with nina throughout the show sadder now than ever yeah exactly my god (laughs) now you mentioned uh stan's sort of fbi-ish theme yes can you play a bit of that for us uh yes i can should we do that on the cello maybe let me move here i'm gonna move here and do that Cello is your instrument, right, Nate? That is my instrument, totally. And you, you started as a cellist before you were composing, or was it a simultaneous? I started thing? as a vi- I started as a violinist uh, when I was a kid living in Japan. My mom started me on the Suzuki method, and then um, when I moved to the United States, uh, and I was about nine years old, we were given a choice in third grade as to what instrument to choose. And my brother and I chose cello not because we liked it, but because we thought it was big enough that she'd have to pick us up after school every day, and she'd let us quit. <laughs> True story. Um, yes. And that totally backfired because when we went home and told her we picked the cello, she was like overjoyed. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So it's just it's a simple. This usually gets played on um, synth strings, but it's. And we don't we use that a lot in season one and season two, and it's it's become a little bit um, less prevalent, but it does it does still show up, and that that was sort of uh, Stan's theme, and then I could play you Philip's theme too, which is also cello, and this Please. this shows up first in season one um, when <clears throat> um, they're going through the disguises in the safe, so his is just sort of a.
that kind of thing. Now, why is that Philip's theme? I mean, it's very deep. It's very sort of, I don't know, melancholy? Yeah, I think it's sort of like the, the, the I think, you know, there's this sort of really wonderful, this depth to both those characters, Philip and Elizabeth, and the sadness of what they've left behind and what they're leaving behind. And, and that's really what that was playing to in those moments. It's funny, I would describe our process working with Nate, particularly in that in the first two seasons when we had to talk this stuff through a lot. It's very similar to the process we use in our writing, which is to say we would talk a lot about themes, intention, character, emotional uh, life, but not really instrumentation yeah, yeah. or music. And, and then Nate would ingest that and then come back with these beautiful themes. I think the show was intended to be a much sort of lighter, more humorous show, and then Nate started writing this music and just dragging the whole thing down. Yeah, it's true. Had he given us more rim shots season one, I think we could have gone an entirely different direction. I think uh, I think what what Joel said is uh, is great, though, because I think like it's so exciting for a composer to talk about every. It's so yeah to talk about story sort of on an emotional level. And then be free to go and really explore that and find it for the the, the writers and the creators of the show. And that um, sometimes it's 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 hard when there are very specific directions about instrumentation and mm. and um, it's that's one, been one of the many wonderful things about the Americans is just the freedom to really explore that stuff and then find out what what Joel and Joe and everyone else respond to and what they don't respond to. And and if it's just really about that emotional. Plugging in emotionally to the characters in the story, it's it's really, that's what's so exciting about being a composer for, for film and television. So can you talk to me about how you work, you know, how do you, how you decide what music you need to write for each episode? Do you read the script? How do you, how do you go about it? I love not reading the scripts only because I lo- I'm such a fan of the show <laughs> and I love being able to watch the show, see it for the first time, have no idea what's going on. And um, and that that allows me to just be a fan and then approach it from that sort of excited place of of um, then creating music for it. Um, I mean, um, Joel and Joe have very good ideas as do the picture editors as to what emotionally needs to happen in a particular sequence. And um, the, these picture editors in particular, I have to shout do a shout out to them. Like they're really good with cutting music, which gives me a really good idea of sort of what a scene needs to be about. If it's thematically correct and it's working really well, sometimes we'll leave it. And if it's not thematically correct, we'll 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 go for something else. Um, so you get a version that has some music in it that's either is temp it, music temp music I yep. see, huh? but his own it's music. music but your music it's my own right. music because yep, now yep. we're four all... seasons in we have yeah. a library of cues that gotcha. nate has written exactly interesting one of the things that's great about working on the show is it's a smaller more intimate score even when it's an action-based scene and mm. so it allows me to really as a musician perform most of the score so i would say in the action cues 70 to 75% of all that material you're hearing is actual live instruments with microphones in a room, uh, pl- me playing. Wow. Um, and then with the uh, more emotional stuff, I'd say about 90 to 95% of that stuff is real and live. And it really does bring an element and an emotional um, sort of approach that may not happen in the sample world or the synth world, mm-hmm. for me at least. 
That's that's fascinating. I tell you, talking to you, all I want to do now is run out of this room and go watch some old episodes and and really pay attention to the music because I, as I say, I feel a little <laughs> bit ashamed that I, I've just been enjoying it instead of uh, you know pinning it down. Um, earlier, Joel mentioned that earlier in this season there are a couple of scenes that he particularly raved about the the musical sort of tone that you established with the with the stuff that you composed, the music that you composed. And one of those was um, the death of Nina in 404. Can you kind of talk us through, you know, how you how you came to to write that particular piece of music? Well, it's funny. I, I have to I have to confess something. So Dan Valverde cut that episode. Um, and Dan is particularly good with, with temp score. So some of that was previous material, some of that was new material. Um, but it, it again, it started with Nina's theme, which has that sort of deep sadness to it, um, even, even leading up to this moment before we know she's, she's going to die. And um, so it was really just about that. And then the guitar, um, that sort of very reverberous guitar toward the end of that scene. I, I don't know. I've always really liked that sound. We don't use it that much. So when it gets used, it really feels like it places special emphasis on whatever it's accompanying. And, and that was such a huge moment, obviously, that, that it just plugged into that scene in a, in a really wonderful way. Didn't Dan Valverde in episode 10 last season, the episode where Philip and Elizabeth finally told Paige who they were, didn't he take a cue, two cues of yours, mix them together, and then take a third cue and run it backwards? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like, I watched that sequence, that last sequence, and I, my jaw dropped. I was like, this is unbelievable. I don't quite recognize it. What is it? And then we talked to Dan, and that's exactly what he said. And I was just like, my God, that is amazing. And it's it's sort of really, I've never had that experience before. It's almost like having the DJ remix your music. <laughs> well, that's right. It was so, like you are like you were jamming yeah. with the editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it worked so well. Like, it was just like, I, I wouldn't know how to beat that. It was just like, yeah, it was incredible. Paige, you okay? Yeah. Um. She, uh... She takes everything a little differently since being baptized. A lot more observant. Isn't that right, honey?
about it all? Or? Yeah, can you kind of pull it? Sure. Another uh, scene that Joel highlighted for me was the scene at Oleg's brother's funeral in 405. And I'm sort of curious because you think, okay, funeral. I know what that's going to be. Funereal. Tell me what you put together for that. Yeah, this might be a good opportunity for you to play this. So um, I, I have a really big collection of instruments from all over the world. And then occasionally I, I invent an instrument just so I keep a sound that's fresh. And so this particular instrument, <clears throat> it's called a sympathetic drone cello, and it was built by um, Fred Carlson and Susie Norris up in Santa Cruz. It took them four years to figure out how to build it. And um, basically, it's a cello with a, 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 a E-string on top, so it's five strings, which makes it more of a gamba family instrument. But what's so unusual about it is there are 10 sympathetic strings that run down uh, the length of the instrument that vibrate when you're playing a melody. <clears throat> and then what's most unusual, and I didn't use it in this particular cue, but there's, an, there's actually a small motor hidden within the instrument that spins a wooden wheel that, through friction, plays other strings. So you actually get this drone sound. Wow. And, and so basically, I, I used this instrument. I haven't used it before, so this is the first time I ever got to use it and first time people will hear it. But um, I'll just play it for you quick, and you can hear. Um, it's got a really... Um, you can't quite tell what it is. And um, so it's got that higher-pitched string, but a beautiful, big, big sort of body of the instrument. So, um, so this is the... So I'll just play, the melody was sort of like this, it was... So that kind of sound. Wow. So why did you why did you want to use that instrument? Yes, it's fresh, but but is because it's sadder or because it was a complication? Oh yeah, yeah. It it really it, it again it was I, I really wanted to sort of plug into that that sequence and Oleg and and um, do do so in a way that is um, again sort of a little bit different. So <laughs> maybe most composers don't have this instrument, so they do it on a violin or a straight cello, but. This kind of gives it um, an other, uh, a sound that's not quite rooted in Western classical music. Uh -huh. and, so, and so there's something about that that um, uh, makes, I don't know, it just carves out that moment as being something special and a little bit different, a little bit unexpected. And there's that great moment at the end of the sequence where Oleg's father, you know, takes his gun and fires it sort of in salute to his son. And mm -hmm. it, it's just, I don't know, it just it becomes a part of that the specialness of that sequence, because it's a really beautiful, beautiful sequence.
Nate, um, when I think of, mu- I watch a lot of television, and when I think of the music that I hear on television, I mostly think of the opening themes, and those are very iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I could sing five different theme tunes, maybe 500. <laughs> but the score, you know, the, the stuff that, the, the, the cues that we've been talking about, they're often, like, you don't notice them. Even a very keen mm-hmm. television viewer doesn't really notice them. How do, how does that make you feel? Like you're an amazing composer, and you've, you I know that you're capable of doing super memorable stuff because hey, again, I could sing your themes, but you also you know people would notice if the music wasn't there, but when it is there, they don't always hear it. Uh, you know, it's mixed with a lot of with images and and you know a lot going on. How does that make you feel? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because like as a film and television composer, I always say you have to love film and television more than you do music. <laughs> and and so it's really about for me, I I just love storytelling as it's done on television and film these days so much and I always have. And so music is my way of contributing to that story and that vision of whatever show it is. And I I got to say I actually really love um, being a part of it and being a part of it in a way where, where as you said, like you, 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 you watch television and you watch it pretty closely and you don't notice the music and, and yet people, people would notice it if it's not there. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I am personally always really comfortable with sort of um, h- helping a show uh, to become what it is at its best and doing so sort of quietly. Um, it's just there's... My greatest thrill as a composer is watching a scene become something even more than it already was with the right music in it. Like that, that is, that is sort of why I do this job. And then, and then when you have guys like Joel and Joe who are so appreciative and, and so aware of the contribution it makes to the story, I mean, that it's, it's, that's the ultimate for me. I'm not a performer. So, so that Mm -hmm. was never um, sort of something I wanted to do as an adult. And so this is my way of performing and and being a part of storytelling that is just incredibly exciting. That's it for this week. Thanks again to Joel Fields, Joe Weisberg and Nate Barr for joining us to talk about episode 410, Munchkins. Come back next week to hear us talk about 411, Dinner for Seven. I'm June Thomas. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. This show is part of the Panoply Network.